Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Unlocking the Magic. Today's show, we are going to unlock some of the magic inside one of Walt Disney's most iconic attractions, the Carousel of Progress. I love this attraction. This is, I always say this is my favorite. You say that every show, everything we talk about, every topic. I'm so excited. This is my favorite. Yeah. People are going to be so annoyed with me. They're not going to be annoyed. They should be like, wow, Connie really loves Disney. Everything, Everything's her favorite, and she's so excited. I'm just feeling like... She must like, be so awesome to live with. She must be so awesome. There was some sarcasm in your voice just now. None whatsoever. <laughs> um, okay, yes. Disney's Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress and... You know, I must say it is something, it's our must-do. No matter what, we always make sure that we make time to see this and visit this attraction. But some people actually surprise me. They actually say, I've gotten some emails that um, some say that the ride itself can feel a little dated. There are, I mean, the, the theater seats are kind of worn. It's kind of surprising to see anything worn in Walt Disney World. But I like that. I like that. Right. It, it feels to me um, like... It's almost like an original attraction to Walt Disney World, and I like that feeling. I, I, they always they're always updating and changing, which is great. I always love when they update new rides or they bring a fresh approach to it. But I love the fact that you walk in there and it feels like the same. Like I didn't go to Disney as a kid, but you did, um, and I feel like when you walk into that attraction, it's almost like exactly what it would be like as if you were a kid. Yeah, exactly. And I, we did a, a podcast episode a few months back. Go check it out, and I'll leave it in the show notes. It was our top. Uh, I don't know if it was top five or just top overrated and underrated attractions. And this was one of our underrated attractions. And I also, we also recently just released a blog post of our top four underrated attractions. Was this in it? This was in it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we put that on Twitter and on Facebook and on the blog and almost everybody that's replied or commented about that post with their favorites, the carousel of progress was on there. You know, what's funny to me is that I think I relate back to anything with uh, our nephew, who was then the first time he actually saw this attraction, he was 12. So we brought on a 12-year-old boy, which had no desire to kind of sit through any type of show. And what was so cool about it was by the end, you know, even midway through, he was just kind of dancing in his seat over the theme song. And I really feel like it's super educational, but yet so entertaining, which is partly why I love it so much but seeing him excited and happy really makes me feel like everyone should take the time to go visit you, just it, because it, it's not a thrilling attraction yeah but there's not there's not there's a lot of attractions at Disney that aren't thrilling that are I don't want to say educational but entertaining and fun yeah actually absolutely. I mean what am I talking about that's all of Disney <laughs> so that like there's not a lot of them like there's some rides that are boring <laughs> yeah. um but this one is definitely one of that's you know nostalgic too right so you know this attraction was actually personally built by Walt Disney for the New York's World Fair. And I know that there's a lot of history that goes into it. And, and I know that the name was different back when they had created this attraction for the fair. And when they had created it, it was actually called Progress Land. Uh, but it still included the hit theme song, that song that's going to stay in your mind. It's almost like the small world song where it just sits in your head for the rest of the day so i really recommend going small word in the beginning of the day yeah and then <laughs> this one's not as this one is not as childish of a song yeah it's definitely got 
yeah, exactly. The tune is a little different. Uh, yeah. yeah, totally. But um, it was written by the famous Sherman Brothers, and with the moment that it was created, it was always a, a big hit back then. And there's a lot of technology that you know nowadays seems so average, I guess. But back then, it was very, very innovative and really outstanding and futuristic. So it's cool to be in that theater, going in, and the the attraction moves. Right. So that's pretty cool. Well, the thing that Walt Disney had to do back then that they don't have to worry about now because they have so much cash and and so much of the business has grown so far is that back then they had to get sponsors for these things. Like if he wanted to, you know, even when he created Disneyland, he needed to say partner what? Up. Sponsors. Yeah. He needed to partner up kind of like us with this show. I was just thinking that. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you know how to produce a good show and you want to do it for a while, you need sponsors. So we're kind of bootstrapping like Walt Disney did. Um. Info at unlockingthemagic.com if you want to sponsor us. Throw Thanks that for in there. In there. Um, but yeah, no, you're right, though. Uh, so he created this attraction with the sponsorship of General Electric. And it was originally supposed to go um, into Edison. What was it called? Edison Square? Yes. Yeah, and that's where this attraction was going to go. Doing the research on this, I actually enjoyed doing the research. You on did, it. yeah. And I... Uh, Wanted to be like, dang, I wish I knew, I wish I could have gone on it. Cause it's gone through like three or four different transitions as a ride. And I wish I could have gone on it on all of the different transitions and actually seen those. All I know is that even the, even the weird, weird one, when it went a kind of away from what it is now, it was like a musical kind of thing, which was weird, but I wish well, I even could even have saw that. Yeah. I was just going to say, all I know is that you, it was like role reversal in our house that, that when we were working on the show, it was completely different. Like usually I'm the one doing all the research and kind of honing down for months, trying to get everything correct. And so excited. It was the opposite. Yeah, I that mean, being I, said, I didn't talk to Richard Sherman or Walt Disney. So, right. You know. Right. Rumor has it. And I'm Bruce. And what's that mean? It means that like, I probably forgot 90% of what I researched already. <laughs> yeah, probably. This was rumored to be um, with some people that work for Disney have said in the past that this was one of Walt's favorites, which I can imagine it. I can't imagine that being false. I feel like anything he had hands-on experience with creating like this, especially towards the end of his career, I guess you would say, it was definitely something he had to be really passionate about. And uh, that's exciting to me. That's, to me, part of the Disney experience that I feel most people fail to relate to, and they miss a lot of the nostalgia and the just correlation between actually Walt himself as a person. So to me, this attraction is a must do and I don't feel complete unless we go see it in um, the magic kingdom. You have to put yourself when you go to see this attraction, put yourself in the mindset in the time frame of the 60s, like the fifties and sixties when it was yeah. originally, because you look at it now and the technology is not all that great. Right. Like, compared to what technology we have now, like obviously we're doing this podcast and you're listening to this wherever you are in the world. Like, <laughs> you know, that, that technology wasn't available in the 60s, 50s and 60s. So when this, when the audio animatronics thing came out and Walt Disney was working on that, and he originally did it for the Tiki Room. That's yeah, I was just going to ask you. Yeah. I, I remember seeing there was a correlation between this attraction and the Tiki Room, which I didn't know until now. Well, he visited some place in Europe and they had these kind of animatronics and they were building the Tiki Room at the time. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to incorporate that into the birds where they would 
talk and move all at the same time. And then they came up with the audio animatronic. And then he used the technology that they did for that into the carousel of progress so they could have, you know, the old guy talking about what's going on as the things move around. And it, it's kind of like a show. So when you see that now, the technology to us now is like, oh, that's OK. You know, it's just a robot, whatever. But back then, that was like. Right. And it's art. So if you think if you when you ride that attraction, if you put yourself in the mind frame of like there's no TV. Well, there's TV, but, you know, it's not like TV like you have today. There's no computers. There's no cell phones. There's no like the things that you have at your fingertips now weren't available then. So this technology was really uh, state of the art. Yeah. And, and, and exactly like having the well, also with the Tiki Room, it was the great moments with Mr. Lincoln that really made the Carousel of Progress uh actually made it possible because right. it would it, without that technology and everything it wouldn't have it w- he wouldn't have gone this far you know um but let's talk about the actual attraction first because i really i'm like thinking about it right now and i'm and i'm starting off and i'm f- I forgot that you know you brought up something pretty interesting which i guess i never paid attention to before but there's actually holidays being represented now in the attraction that i don't think we're always there not since it came to its second addition in the in the magic kingdom that it has now i think it was like in the 90s it transitioned into what it is now it went it went through this weird transition where it was like okay um the song you know now was there and then they changed it to um i read the story and i did the research and i forget the exact story but like the president didn't want to talk about tomorrow he wanted to talk about today so they redid the song to a song that maybe i'll link it up in the show notes because i think i have there's a clip of like robert sherman talking about how they went from it's a great big beautiful tomorrow to a song that has to do with today because that's what they wanted to focus on like the now not the tomorrow Who who's they uh i don't know if it was walt disney or i don't know if it was no it wasn't walt disney it was definitely after because he was a he, the disney company came to him and said hey we want to redo this ride we want to mm-hmm. talk about it was like in the 60s or 70s okay um i'm not exactly sure of the date um, but they went to richard sherman and said hey i want to redo this song to a song about today and I lost my train of thought. Where the heck was I? You interrupted me. I know. I'm really sorry. You usually do that to me. And yeah. I, and I, and I totally and lost I, my train of thought. Well, basically what we were saying was that uh, the song changed, but also the, the, the attraction itself sort of changed. Oh, has yeah. Had changes. Through a different rendition. And then in the yeah. 90s, it went back to what we see today. And then that's when they Which I can't. Yeah, I can't imagine it anything else. Yeah, no. Well, we don't remember it because we didn't see it when it that's was true. The, the weird dancing thing. <laughs> um. And, and uh, then they incorporated a holiday into every scene. So every Which, scene is a different holiday. There's Valentine's Day, there's Halloween, there's uh, the 4th of July, and then Christmas. So I have been on this attraction hundreds of times, and I honestly never even know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I was aware of some kind of – but the way the attraction moves from scene to scene so seamlessly, I didn't even really notice that part of it as far as it being a holiday. But now that I think back and – the, the final scene is Christmas, and so that obviously all they all went through all those changes. But I think my favorite one is, which is actually coming up, is the Fourth of July scene. And I don't know really why. Maybe because she was taking her time making the outfits and the scene, and um, it's just cool to see the different architecture of the the building that they went. You know how sort of the house changed and modified with all this technology that was added. So. So, here, so here's how it goes. It goes springtime in the 20th century is the first scene. Mm-hmm. Which then, I didn't even realize. Right. And then the summer of the 20s. So that's when the 4th of July one is. 
Mm-hmm. My favorite the, one. The I autumn think. of the forties. I thought you liked the forties one the best. Okay, so it's a tie, I guess. I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> and that's what Halloween is. And then they do the winter one, which is the present day, which is like the present day that it would be the future in the nineties, which isn't really the future now because the stuff they have on there now is a little bit different. Which I okay, so and again, that's something that we've heard people say, like they wish they could change, which I get it. Like if you want to go to the last scene, you might want to see something super futuristic so it goes part with it, but I'm an 80s girl, and seeing that scene really connects me with my childhood because that's what I imagined the future to be when I was a kid. Like, it was very much into the scene of Back to the Future Part 2. Yeah. So I I connect with it so greatly that I cannot imagine it changed to anything else. Like, I don't want to know what else. Like, to me, fine. I don't know. To me now, the future feels boring. (laughs) Yeah. What is the future? Like, Like, it's easy to see, like, when you're young and you think of the Jetsons as the future. Like, that's now. That's the now. That's the now. And I'm like, like other oh. than the flying cars, which right. pro- they could probably do today if they really wanted to. Maybe that's why, like, that excitement that they had back then for the future is sort of kind of, I don't know, it's sort of glazed over now. Like, it's not as exciting. And eh. back then, they the best kept time of re- your life. That's the song. Okay. Sorry. That's fine. They went from Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow to the best time of your life. Don't get it, but I like. I like great. That's when they transitioned. And then 1975, it came to the Magic Kingdom. Well, I have to say that. And then in 1994, it came back to its original, uh, what we see today, which is, it's a great big, beautiful tomorrow. So it was actually, once it was done with the, with the New York Royal Failure, it was moved to Disneyland in 1967 until 1973. Yep. And it wasn't until actually 1975 where it ended up in, I'm so excited about this. It ended up in Disney World World because GE. And this is what I read through the research. GE didn't want to sponsor it in Disneyland anymore because it saw Disney World as a bigger opportunity. Whereas uh, they said at the time, I think it was like 80% of the people who visited Disneyland were locals. So GE was like, you know what? We're only reaching 20% of the people who are worldwide when people in the, the people who visit Orlando are from all over the place. We don't want to sponsor it in Disneyland anymore. So if we're going to continue to sponsor this or anything, we want to be involved in Orlando. Yeah. And that's when they kind of moved, decided to move the attraction to the Orlando Park. Well, to me, having it in Orlando is, having it in Walt Disney World is really special because anything that Walt Disney himself touched and created and helped, the fact that it's at this park really makes me feel full circle. Because to me, you know you know how much I am, and it sort of, everything nostalgia to me is what makes it special but the fact you know and anything connected with Walt Disney World Walt Disney himself really brings it full circle to me so yeah I'm so excited that it was it finally moved over for whatever reason you know I'm just glad I'm just glad that it's there Um, and it's I think it's in a perfect location too it is because it's all Tomorrowland so it's all like futuristic stuff and then you step into this theater and the seats are a little bit old it feels like the theater is a little old then it's all nostalgic uh like a nostalgic theater where the, the the show is playing there and it looks a little bit old. It just feels like that's the appropriate place for it there. Totally. What's your favorite scene? I think I like I think I like like the the first one. Really? Yeah, I like, like the, the 18th century, like when everything was simple and you know you literally had to walk lemonade. outside to get water. It wasn't like it is now, where everybody's sitting there watching TV and listening to our podcast or the commercial comes on and everybody grabs their phone. I, I like that. I like the simplicity of life. Yeah, I I often I, think of what it would be like if uh, we didn't have all this technology, you know, and 
you know, we're the like we're in our thirties, and our children are um, the first, not the first generation, but like we're, were that we know of that grow up in the technology era. Like I can remember doing homework on a typewriter. I've got it. Like my family wasn't well off when we were little, so we when I was like five and six years old, we had types, and I literally had to use a typewriter. Yeah. You know, our kids, our kids now, you say go get a typewriter. They're like, what the heck are you talking about? Right. <laughs> a typewriter. What are you out of your mind, Dad? What is that? You had to, like write on a piece of paper and like push the. Th- you had to touch it. You had to touch it. Well, I think that that's what makes it even like which surprises me because again, it's nothing thrilling, in the attraction itself. But and it seems simple, you know. But they're fascinated with everything that that has happened throughout the years and the progress that we have made, and you know, seeing them grab well, they're, water. Yeah, they're fascinated in a different way. Like we're fascinated because it's like simplicity and like thinking back to uh, before the technology. They're fascinated because they're like, wow, people really live like that. Right. Exactly. You didn't have a tablet. Exactly. You had to actually get up and change a channel. <laughs> right. What? What is that? Exactly. No, it's true. Or how about with the ice box in the fridge? And there was actually ice ice in the fridge. That's or the scene where the guy like gets electricity for the first time and there's just like extension cords all over the place. All over the place with the knob and tube wiring. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Or how about with the man in the um, tub trying to cool off with the block of ice and the fan? Yeah. Well, I can relate to that now. Well, yeah, it's really hot. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff really puts life in perspective. And it, you kind of wonder if you could go back to the simplicity of things like the way it used to be. Like, what would it be like now? You know, would life go a little slower? Would you appreciate things a little bit more? And that's kind of the philosophy of our podcast anyways. Like, right. slow down a little bit. Enjoy the little moments, you know. I mean, having gone through it so many times, really seeing what makes it special i think that that's a core piece of it so it is cool and i love seeing the kids reaction by the end of it i will say it's only like a 20 sort of minute attraction maybe 21 minutes from start to finish and there's never really a long wait which kind of bothers bruce and i i know yeah. that we've talked about that in the past there's never really a long wait the only wait you ever have at this attraction is if the door is moving <laughs> yeah it's true um i you know it might vary for peak season and, you know, but. Or if it's 95 degrees outside because it is air conditioned and people. Like, it is air conditioned. It is a, a very well earned 20 minute break. It is for it. us. It always seems to be caught. We always seem to catch this attraction towards the midday when we do need a break from walking around and it is a hot. So, I mean, I do have to say that that maybe is why we like it so much too. It goes full circle. I do like the fact that. And. Because we we're, obviously it's 2016 when we're recording this episode. Oh, uh, it is. Yeah. Thank you for, Just for anybody listening to this in the future. Yeah, sure. You know, you never know. It's a podcast, man. <laughs> Back to listen to episodes in 2015, Connie. Anyways. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say again. Oh my gosh, I did it to you again. Yeah. I can't believe it. Uh, okay. So I was saying, so we we go in to see that attraction, and you know, it's good for us to look back at how people used to live. But if you think about it, the attraction is the total opposite. The total every scene is looking forward to the future. Right. And it makes me, but when I look at the attraction, it makes me like kind of nostalgic about the past. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Exactly. Like I don't I, think about the future. Right. I think that that's why they probably don't change the end scene anyways. Yeah. Right. So the, the only thing they should change, they should put like a uh, back to the future on there. Playing in the background. Yeah. Like on the TV or something. One of those. I don't know. I feel like I'm in the movie when I, we, we, we get to the finale at the end. I really feel like it doesn't even need to have any back to the, I feel like I am in the movie set. They're actually hidden Mickey's in the end too, you know. So sometimes I can catch them, sometimes I can't. I know 
that they try to change them every once in a while, but there's a, there's a Mickey as a Nutcracker. Um, I don't know if you pointed out a few last time we were there. Well, I saw a um, something on the kitchen counter. I won't say anything else so that people can kind of try to find them on them on their own. But it's cool to see the 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 uh, addition of Mickey in there. You know, I love I love any time that they try to. Although I would say they're not really hidden. You kind of have to look. They're kind of visible. Maybe it's like they're hiding in plain sight, which makes it even more fun. Yeah, because you're not really unless you're looking for them. If you're just watching the the, the the, I, don't, I always want to say a movie, but it's not a movie. If you're watching the attraction, you're not really paying attention for the Mickey's. Yeah. So that so. kind of leaves about there. Yeah, no, I, I, that's fun for me. But what really makes it fun for me, which is so ridiculous, I didn't even notice now, is that everybody's preparing. Like it's all sort of a holiday or a celebration. Like I said, with Fourth of July coming up this weekend, it's cool. Like, but that's I have to say, even though I think I like the '40s per se architecture sort of. Theme wise, I think the 20s was really cool and seeing them show off all their sort of electric stuff. They're so scene. proud of it. Yeah, they were so proud of it. Really puts life into perspective for me, you know, as far as how long it actually took with this new technology. It still took forever to do laundry or whatever. Like you had to worry about blowing fuses. <laughs> right. Because now it's like, what's the new app? Who's using Snapchat? Who's going to do Facebook Live? Yeah, Who's you don't Periscope? even. It's not like, look, we got an oven. It heats up food. We got a refrigerator that you plug in and it gets cold. Like that was their tech. That was their Facebook life. Yeah. And you don't even in, for me, I know that the daily life, like we lost power yesterday for a little bit. There was a heavy rainstorm and the kids didn't have power for an hour. And it was sort of interesting to see what they actually, they actually picked up a board game and played it. It was pretty cool. So it definitely makes you appreciate the little things a little bit more. And again, I think that that's why I love this attraction so much because it really, Puts it full circle for me. And it has AC and it's right next and to And it has to, yeah. And it's next to my other favorite attraction, which is, couldn't be any more opposite, which is Space Mountain. <laughs> the only thing it needs is like a snack outside, snack shack outside. Some popcorn. Yeah. Or, yeah. Some, of some course, pretzels. Bruce bring, brings in the food factor. Yeah. Shocker. I was, I was sneaking an orange here and there in my bag. Goodness. Please don't do that. It's not that bad. Uh, uh, the only thing I hope is, I hope that they don't, I don't mind if they update it. But I hope they don't move it or close it down like they did One Man's Dream. That was another one that a couple people mentioned. It was One Man's Dream, and we did a podcast episode about that too. Mm-hmm. And my only fear is that this this attraction is getting a, is getting, uh, you know, where the line isn't that long to get in there. The, Disney will see that and they might do something with it. No, see, right. it ain't so. I don't. I don't know. I have high hopes that they will keep it there. Again, it's something that's connected and directly related to Walt Disney himself, and. I, you know, I don't know what I'll do. I don't, I don't know where would, we, where would we cool off, or I'll go on strike. Can you can we strike? I wonder what they would do. What would you think they would do with that space if they got rid of this, or do you think they would move it somewhere else, or do you think they would just kind of? I don't think they'd close it down. I don't know if they could. No, they would never. So that's just my two cents. But I'm really, I'm really, uh, I'm really looking forward to everybody's comments. I really want to know what if if you have visited this attraction, what is your favorite scene? Do your kids enjoy it? You know, because, you know, our kids are a little bit older, although we have been going there when they were much younger and they did seem to love it. So I've seen, you know, even little babies in the theater room, which can be a little nerve wracking because in order to leave, you kind of have to make it make not a scene, but it's a little more difficult because you're kind of stuck in the seats. But uh, it's entertaining enough that I think it it goes around to many generations of, of families and kids. So but I'm curious you know, what everyone else's thoughts are. And, and if they even skip this, like, do people skip this attraction? I hope not. 
I bet you there's some people that do. Yeah. It's got to be because there's never a lot of people there. Maybe. Well, there is also it's it's it has a a, um, a pretty big theater which has a good amount of seating which can help as far as getting crowds in and out a lot quicker. Yeah, the but most... when we go there on there, there's never full. True. You get like to sit wherever you want. Well, make let's make a point to make it announce it out there that you know what, take the time to go to this attraction. You won't be disappointed and. Take the moment to enjoy the little things. And maybe when you get out of this attraction, you'll realize how great we actually have it. And listen you know? to the voice of the gentleman, too, and see if you recognize him from any other movie or Ooh. thing that you've heard. I know who it is, but I won't say. I'm sure Should those of you out there that, well, can we say or should we just have them guess? Leave it in the comment on the blog. Okay. If you know who the voice is or tweet us or email us, info at Unlocking the Magic. Maybe that'll be the question of the show question of the who show. is the father's voice it was actually a little bit of a controversy too what do you mean the voice the guy who did the voice originally right mm-hmm. uh worked with disney he did multiple voices and he did the voice of i don't know if he was the narrator or the father and then he didn't work for anybody for the disney company for like 10 years and then hannah barbera called him and he did the voice of charlotte's web and then roy disney actually called him he's like what are you doing he's like what do you mean what am i doing He's like, you can't do the voice of a Hanna-Barbera. You're the dip part of the Disney family. And the guy was like, well, Roy, I haven't worked for you for like 10 years. I got to feed my family. <laughs> so there was actually a little bit of a falling out. Not necessarily a falling out, but a miscommunication there because they were mad that the one of the voice of a Disney attraction was used in another thing, hmm. which was interesting to me. And then okay. he came back and did it. He worked with them again in the new, on the new one. So it kind of went away, but. That, that is really interesting. interesting. Yeah. That once you're part of the Disney family, and we've heard that before, once you're part of the Disney family, you're kind of in there forever. Which I love yeah. so much, you know, and there's a sense of pride that goes along with it and sort of a level of expectations. It's high expectations for you to produce and just, you know, full circle is again, like it's important to me. High level of standard is the Disney family, which right. I love. Well, we got in some, we've gotten some few questions through email about like, uh, and if you have a question, you can shoot us an email, info at unlockingthemagic.com. We'll be happy to help you. Um, but that goes along with the whole, we've gotten a few questions lately about like the Mickey Christmas party, if that's worth the money, and or the they, they're kind of going to this whole um, pay for the extra magic, not necessarily pay for the extra magic hours, but you get like an added benefit if you pay a certain package during that time. Yeah. And people are asking, you know, is this going to be something that Disney's going to be doing for the future or is it worth it? Or That's the only thing that I, I'm not too fond of that disney's doing they should just leave it how it is yeah well we also have a hard time with change as well and sometimes disney has to test certain things out to kind of see where the the future will hold for them and they're sort of because they're always innovating and whether it works or not they have to try right um you know so i know there was a lot of controversy even with magic bands you know and so you know they kind of had to iron it out and see if it works and and disney you know won't keep it if it's not working that's well. true and so i kind of have to trust you know trust trust them a little bit as yeah they're not as, afraid like, to just stop something no matter how much they've invested in it if it doesn't work right it's for their guests and their guest experience so i think that that matters but um yeah so please check out this attraction do me a favor make a point out of it your next trip i know it's not a thrill seeker i'm sure you want to you know, to spend time to get on Space Mountain or anything else that, you know, is a thrill-seeking attraction. But 
to me, there's nothing better than hitting the people mover and then going over to the carousel of progress. Yeah, I think this is a great time to just take a break too. You know, yeah. like we always say, if you're going to take a break somewhere, take a break on the carousel of progress. You get a great story and you get air conditioning and you can sit down. Exactly. And hopefully it'll be a little bit busy, but not too busy. I, <laughs> I like those. It'll be busy now that we made a point to make right. sure everybody we know goes on it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Wait, did you tell me your favorite scene again? Yeah. We already went over that. the first okay. one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Remember? Just making sure. Yep. So mine's the 4th of July one. Really? And yeah, I just think it's cool. I don't know. I I get excited when they get excited about talk, talking about the technology. It's funny to me. It reminds me of my parents, kind of. Yeah. Going over like the history of like, the one that reminds me that your parents the most is the one with the extension cords everywhere. <laughs> yeah, oh, I lived with that yeah. for sure. That's definitely your dad. <laughs> Pop diffuse again. Yep. There goes the neighborhood. <laughs> so. All right. right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. I just want to take a quick second to thank our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. Uh, Kingdom Strollers provides premium strollers, crib rentals delivered straight to your theme park. Orlando Resort, hotel, or vacation home, free of charge. You can choose the time of delivery, and they do the rest. It couldn't be easier. Book your Orlando Stroller rental today at kingdomstrollers.com. All right. Thank you for that. That's all. Um, all right, so if you have any questions, you can shoot us an email, info at unlockingthemagic.com. Uh, leave a comment on the blog. That was The question of the show was, if you recognize the voice of the Carousel of Progress, where else has that gentleman uh been a voiceover in a movie that you'll recognize all right we'll get get your homework ready yeah so go leave that on the facebook page post or on the blog post for this episode of unlocking the magic just want to say we got an email the other day i haven't responded yet but i read it and it was somebody doing a last minute trip they're leaving from boston which i'm super excited about it wasn't me it wasn't you. So if you're listening right now, I'm so excited for you. And I'm glad they actually listened to our preparing for a last minute vacation because that's what they're doing. They're going going to Disney at the last minute. I couldn't be more excited for you guys. You're going to have a blast. So sorry. That was my two cents. Yeah, you know, I have actually something else to say. We did a few episodes ago a Would You Rather, and we kind of did each other's Would You Rather. So if you want to send us some Would You Rathers, and we'll answer your Would You Rathers, Ooh. email them to us, info at unlockingthemagic.com, and we'll put that on a future would you rather show we've got a few emails about that connie uh that they like that episode and they want us to do some more of those i know I'm just, i i i had a lot of fun um so shoot us an email there and then i think that's it con thank you so much everybody see ya <laughs>